comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Mr. Stark. Yeah? Agent Coulson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from the uh, Strategic Homeland the... Intervention right, Enforcement yeah. Logistics Division. God, you need a new name for that. Yeah, I hear that a lot. That's being handled. That's what we do. Just call us sheep. I guess we don't have to worry about doing a weekly podcast because uh, the show certainly isn't weekly. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we, we kind of talked about this offline a little bit, but there are times when I think that this show is trying to be its own worst enemy. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, listen, a mid-season break is sort of the way to go now, it seems, you know bypassing the holidays and maybe play off football depending on what night your show is on or, or whatever but this next break I can't I can't figure why yeah I I don't the only the only reasoning I have behind it is they need to have strong episodes for sweeps month you know February is kind of like sweeps month um and then I guess it's what May or April when things kind of finish out so I don't know if they have to pace it properly so that in the February and end of season sweeps that they have solid content to show. Right. Well, we're going to do our best to make this a bang up podcast episode, being that we are taking another few week uh, break. <laughs> but welcome to the Shield TV podcast, episode 12, Seeds. and. And I think a good episode. I think it was nice to see them get some things out in the open, tie up some stuff that we were kind of wondering how long was going to dangle and and get moving. Yeah, I I'm very high on this episode, uh, as as we'll get to when we we get to ratings at the end. But in general, I was very pleased. Uh, there were some spoilers, not some spoiler stuff. There were some Easter egg stuff that just had me pretty giddy. Uh, and I thought was really cool and has some interesting implications uh, for the Marvel Universe as a whole and uh, an upcoming movie that we'll be seeing in April. Yeah, and speaking um, of that sort of thing, we're going to have sort of a big spoiler section at the end. We'll do our regular rundown of the show and we'll do our ratings and we'll let you know when it's coming. Uh, and then we'll do some, you know, mild spoilery stuff. There have been some really cool casting Bits of casting news, I'll say, for the show. And, um, you know, we'll save them all for the end, just in case there's some folks out there who don't like to know what's coming at all. Yeah. I guess, I guess to start off, do we want to talk talk ratings and then talk a little bit of news that's non-spoilery before sure. we get to the, to the show? Yeah, that sounds so, good. Yeah, so the rate, so we're a little late this week on the show, and actually, given the news that's come out in today and in, in, in the last day or so, it's probably advantageous that we are a little late because we got some cool stuff to talk about at the end um but this week the show had a 2.2 rating and it looks like the the live plus three uh are also 2.2 so normally we see a little bit of uptick in the live plus three this this time it held pretty steady so that means the rating overall is pretty equivalent to what it was last week last week the live plus three i think the adjusted ratings were 2.2 and this held at 2.2. Um, as we talked about earlier in the show, I'm really, really concerned about when we come back in February, uh, specifically February the uh, February the third, February the fourth, that it's going to take another hit because again, I think they're training people, and I'm kind of beating a dead horse. We talked about this in the past. 
But in this day and age of low TV ratings, even for a good show, uh, training people to not watch your show is not a good plan. And I'm I'm really concerned that we're going to see a slip of like 1.9 or 2.0 when it comes back. Yeah, I I agree with that, but I also try to keep in in perspective. You know, 1.9 would still beat everything on Tuesday night except NCIS. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now NCIS is holding about a three at eight o'clock and uh, 2.2 for Agents of Shield, like you said, and then the rest of the night, you know, the Goldbergs is a pretty uh, you know a hit new comedy. That's a one eight. You know, New Girl is a successful renewed show, one six. You know, Biggest Loser, one seven. So, I mean, the show is safe. I don't think we're trying to. We're not trying to say that we're nervous of it being canceled. We just, you know, it it bothers us to see people dropping out of watching it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that there's really been no trend. You know, it's kind of been yeah. uptick, downtick, uptick, downtick. There seems to be no rhyme or reason for what's turning people on or off. Yeah, it's been. I mean, I guess if you want to look at it, other than the beginning, it's been, It kind of it's it's down, you know, fairly large from the beginning. But other than that, it's been I would say kind of flat. Right. Which and which, coming down from a premiere is certainly not out of the ordinary either. I mean, yeah. I don't think I don't think any show besides The Walking Dead. You know, has a show ever, you know, gone up from even the premiere? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So a couple other bits of news outside of ratings. Uh, It looks like there was, and I'm I'm getting this from ShieldTV.net, ABC had a press meeting at the Television Critics Association today. And I guess one of the things that the ABC president, Paul Lee, mentioned was that a shield is going to be around for a quote very long time. So nothing's been renewed yet for a full second season. I mean no shows on ABC have 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 uh been announced whether they're renewed or not renewed, but based on that statement and based on everything we've talked about since you know even before the show began, I think it's safe to say that Shield will be back for season 2. And that's pretty much our point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other thing that came out was there's been a lot of speculation and talk about an Agent Carter TV series. And, and of course, uh, we mentioned this before, but Agent Carter, of course, the character, the love interest character uh, from Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, she, I believe, has a role in Captain America, the Winter Soldier coming up. And um, so apparently Lee says that the pilot script is it, it, apparently they have a pilot script. He said it's great. And Haley Atwell has been announced, along with writers and producers. So uh, it it looks like it's too early to say whether this show will be greenlight, but it it sounds pretty strongly that it's at least going to get a pilot to uh, to preview at the network. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great idea. It's certainly an interesting choice. You know, I wouldn't have if you would have told me after you know the wave one of Marvel phase one, I guess we call it, of the Marvel movies, you know, what do you think would end up on television? Uh, I probably would not have guessed Agent Carter, but I like yeah. that. That's good. You know, it's it's going to be different. Yeah, I think it has potential to kind of be in that ABC demographic. You know, ABC tends to skew more towards a female demographic, and I know one of the reasons they wanted to do something with S.H.I.E.L.D. was to skew more towards that male demographic. But I think this this show might have some potential to kind of ride the fence and be able to maybe, uh, you know, get the get the 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 full eighteen to forty nine demo maybe up higher than even Shield could. Uh, and I, I'm I'm a total sucker for anything World War Two period piece. I, I I like the character a lot in the movie. I think they could do some really interesting stuff uh, with with that time period, bringing in the commandos and and other kind of and, and other characters as well. Uh, I th- I think that that show has a lot of potential to to be really really cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It you know it's again it's just an exciting uh, time for the for the comic book fan. Yeah, I mean um, it it's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean conceivably next season. I mean if all this stuff that that's floating around uh, gets done, 
next in 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 the 2014-2015 TV season, we could be seeing Agents of Shield, Agent Carter, uh Daredevil on Netflix. Yeah, Daredevil on Netflix, possibly one of the other uh you know, either Luke Cage or Iron Fist or Jessica Jones depending on how they're going to spread that stuff out. We're going to see it looks like it's pretty much a done deal that we're going to see Gotham on Fox, at least for maybe two or three episodes until they, they pull the plug. Um, <laughs> on the CW, we've got Arrow, which almost assuredly is going to get a third season. I can't see how that wouldn't. Um, and then we're going to get The Flash. So looks like they put the kibosh on a Wonder Woman or Amazon series that they've been talking about. But, uh, you know, that's a whole lot of comic books on TV, which is... You know, five years ago, if anybody would have said that there were going to be like five TV shows on Marvel, you know, Marvel and DC characters on television, somebody would have, you know, probably checked you into a mental health facility. Right, right, and that's not even mentioning Walking Dead. Right, and yeah. of course, you know, there's there's been rumblings of other stuff from you know other properties that are sort of hanging around. I know. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's now been attached to Sandman. I, I don't know if that's a movie project or a TV project. But there's some other stuff that's hanging around, you know, rumblings of of uh, some Vertigo stuff, you know, getting... Um... Oh, what about yeah. Preacher? Is Preacher television or movies? I think that... I thought that was going to be TV, like Showtime Right, like HBO, HBO or Showtime. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 right. So there could be even more. Yeah, yeah. It's It's just a really interesting time. To say the least. Yeah. But we should probably talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. We probably should. And specifically Seeds. Sounds good. Yeah. So this was, I, I thought it was a really, like I said, a, pr a pretty cool episode. It, it started off almost like a uh, like a teen slasher flick, you know, at the beginning where it's it's a bunch of young people. It's, you know, a pool you know the it's dark you know that you can tell obviously they're doing something that they they shouldn't be doing and then we kind of get this ominous music and then there's the the loner kid that comes to kind of watch uh so it it kind of had this really different vibe in the in the cold open than than I think we're used to seeing with this show yeah i actually and, and i'm not an expert of the show i'm about to mention so maybe i have a different uh perception of it than i should but it felt smallville to me like didn't yeah. they used to start smallville with like you know when they used to do a lot of freak of the week stuff early yeah. on like you know something from the meteor happening that's strange as a you know as a cold open um and yeah. it usually had a lot of teenage you know age people involved because that's the age clark was i guess and yeah i, d I definitely i i definitely see that analogy a lot yeah and i didn't get and it, you know what i've i'm working a lot of hours right now i'm sneaking tv in when i can i didn't get the blanket thing at first like ah. when he put the shield blanket around them i didn't automatically go oh this is where the young shield recruits hang out i didn't get that i almost for a minute i'm like did they just like put the logo on the blanket like as a cool visual effect for like the opening of the show you know like i couldn't get my head around it at first like a like a fringe thing where they super yes exactly exactly yeah, yeah. yeah i i i can't say that i didn't because i i had either read something or or was spoiled by something that basically said it was going to take place at at the shield academy so i kind of I kind of knew. I didn't know it at the very beginning that that's what it was. Like I just thought something weird was going on somewhere. But then when the when the towel came on and it had the shield logo, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is at the academy." Yeah, and then you get that whole, you know, it's the Shield Academy for gifted you youngsters or Hogwarts, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, I I thought so. One of the things I I have in my notes about that is, uh, so they we. I saw or I noticed that every time the shield logo appeared at the um at the training facility for science and technology it was the bird logo like it was you know if you get what I mean like the fe yes. like it was not the very angular um regular logo that it was it was the the bird logo I call it the bird logo because it it, it a little more flowing um 
And that kind of jives a little bit. You know, what we've talked a lot about, well, there's two different logos. What's up with that? Um, in the Avengers, at the beginning, when they were at Project Pegasus, the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo they used next to the NASA logo was the, was the bird logo. And again, since it was kind of scientific research, that kind of jives. Right. And I noticed, I don't even know if it was this episode. I think it happened in this episode, and I think it's happened before. It might have even been the memorial. At one point, they were looking at a ton of S.H.I.E.L.D. logos, and they there were a lot of different variations. Yeah, the wall. When when Sky goes up to the wall at the Academy, the ta- that was basically a, a monument to all the fallen agents that have come. There were right. a lot of funky, funky different logos. Right. So I guess every department sort of has a variation of the bird. That's what I'm getting at. I, so right. I'm getting that either operations or um, whatever you want to call it is the is the more angular logo that we're used to seeing. So uh, I, I like that it's kind of it's kept us guessing, and it almost seemed like it was sloppy at first, but it looks like either they realized that they were being sloppy about it and found a way to to fit it. Or that's been the kind of the deal the whole the whole time. So, either way, I think it's kind of cool that that each division kind of has its own variation. Yeah. The coolest thing, though, that we, I, and I think this is something we've all kind of uh, hinted at or assumed was the case, but they final they formalized it. And again, this is something cool that we find out in the show that has direct impact and direct correlation to the cinematic universe. Uh, and they make a big deal in Fitz's speech of saying that S.H.I.E.L.D. was formed after World War II out of the, the SSR, which is this, um, sci- the Strategic sci- Scientific Reserve. I believe that's that's what it was called in, in uh, Captain America. But he had the SSR shirt with the, you know, kind of the, the bird-type logo on that. Yeah. Um, and that's what they referred to themselves as, this this kind of special division to go after HYDRA. So they, you know, Fitz specifically mentions that Shield was formed from the remnants of the SSR after the World War II, and they beat Hydra. So now it, that that's kind of so now we kind of got like a starting point of how long Shield has been around because I think that's been a big question is like how long you know has Shield been around forever? Um, there's a there's a current comic book series. Well, I should say co- current, but re- there's been a recent comic book series in the Marvel universe by Jonathan Hickman called Shield. And it it kind of talks about the beginnings of this this clandestine organization known as Shield, and th- that goes back hundreds of years. So uh, it was I was always curious whether the cinematic universe was going to follow that lead or if it was going to kind of do its own thing. Uh, and it looked like we got confirmation on that this week. Yeah, very cool. And I think you know one of the things that kind of dawned on me as we walked around the campus of the SciTech Academy. It seems like they're reworking their own uni- universe uh, definition of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because I think if you go back to the movies before this was a television show, S.H.I.E.L.D. was a more covert, hush-hush operation within the government, it seemed. And now, like, this campus of all of these, like, college-age S.H.I.E.L.D. recruits you know, it makes it seem like it's more of a household name in in the in this world. You know, like they kind of opened it up a bit that it's not just this really, you know, they're definitely making it bigger. But I think they're also making it like more accessible or like it seems more accessible, like more people in the common public know about it. Yeah. I, one of the things I kind of got out of it was. It's almost like there's the Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, and S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. That's you a know. good way of putting it. And I don't think that's the way they started out when they no. did the Iron And I'm not right. This isn't a criticism. I'm just saying, like, before they ever dreamed of putting this stuff on TV, they probably thought of S.H.I.E.L.D. more as, like, that black ops type organization within, you know, or hidden in the government. Yeah, I mean... The way they made it sound when Coulson is first introduced in the first Iron Man movie, they didn't even use the acronym S.H.I.E.L.D. And I just take that as an oversight or it's just one of those things. They just didn't know how big this thing was going to get. Right. Yeah. Um, and it made for kind of a funny moment at the time. So, 
Now, just to go back to uh, Easter eggs and, and the wall uh, before we move on too far, what did you think about the Bucky Barnes mention? Because I know it's been said that this was the most forced of all of the forced Marvel uh, movie mentions. Uh, I, I mean, it didn't bother me, but I, I get what people are saying. I, I guess so. I thought it was cool. I mean, I... I you know, if if that were to really have happened, like in, in real life, and you went to that kind of wall, that's the kind of name that you would, like, be in awe of actually seeing for yourself. You know, like, if Steve Rogers was still dead, I'm sure, you know, she would have said Steve Rogers or, you know, <laughs> Captain America. Still dead. Yeah. This yeah, is still... why comic books are awesome. Yeah. 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 Um. You know, if, th- if this show was set before the Avengers, then, you know, obviously it probably would have been Steve Rogers or something like that. I think, again, it may have been blatant, but I think, again, that was to reinforce how they're shoehorning those characters into the S.H.I.E.L.D. mythos. Like, those people were retroactively made and made members of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so I, I, didn't, I didn't take it. And, again, knowing... I don't know how much of this may be spoiler, but his name is plastered all over the uh, the the Captain America Winter Soldier stuff. I mean, you could clearly see that it's that character in there, but kind of reinforcing to people the whole Bucky Barnes thing to kind of keep it in the consciousness right before the Winter Soldier, I think, is a smart move. Right. So I, th- I think it served a couple different purposes. It, it definitely didn't make me roll my eyes. I, th- I thought it was actually pretty pretty well done. But I'm a crazy fanboy so there you have it it doesn't make you a bad person i hope not um i liked ward kind of being the fish out of water yeah i definitely like the role reversal of uh fitzsimmons being the rock stars at yes. the SciTech uh, academy that was cool yeah it, it reminded me to some degree of 21 jump street the the recent movie <laughs> yes where uh like Channing Tatum and uh, and uh, Jonah Hill and Jonah Hill, yeah, have kind of role reversal <laughs> where Jonah Hill was the the outcast in high school and uh, Channing Tatum was the cool kid. And when they go back after being police, it's it's completely reverse. Um, so I I just I, it made me think you know think of that. So I thought that was pretty funny. I like that they had at the academy their own. Like the boiler room, they called it, where it was all these, you know, nerdy people that were just doing crazy stuff. That bit reminded me. Do you, do you remember that movie, Real Genius, from the eighties? No. With Val Kilmer. Huh. It's ringing a bell. I can't say I remember it. So, not to derail too much, but it's basically Caltech. Um, this this guy that that isn't even old enough to have graduated high school gets recruited into Caltech. Um, there's all these crazy smart people that are just off the chart smart. Um, and Val Kilmer kind of plays the guy that's been there forever. Um, he's like an ultra genius and, and he's always, uh, making pranks. And, uh, there, there's a scene in that movie where they, uh, they go into, I I forget what it was. They, they go into someplace and they, they, it's like a big, they turn it into basically a big dance hall with, crazy lights and music and and they do you know do sciencey stuff in there um and it, and it, so so you got all these nerdy people that are that are actually all being cool and so when i saw that boiler room thing with the lights going on and the music and people dancing and and stuff like that it just made me think of a uh, real genius huh. so i thought that was cool um while while all this is going on we kind of get the b story which is is the part of it, I guess, that's a part of the overarching... Both of these kind of contributed to the overarching storylines of the show. I mean, obviously, the A story about um, Donnie Gill and what was going on with the freezing all kind of contributed to, to the whole bit with Centipede and the Clairvoyant um, and what was going on with that. And the B story with Coulson and May going down and trying to figure out you know, do do some more tracking with with Sky's past. Kind of forwards that mystery that's kind of been hanging in the background, right? Um, so that was kind of cool. We got we got the the conversation between Coulson and May, 
um, where he's like just completely zoned out. And she, I thought it was really funny how she concocts that crazy story about how she had to get out. She would <laughs> climb up in the wheel well of a 747. <laughs> just, yeah. Like she's just being completely ridiculous because she knows he's not listening. Um, and then at the end of it, he starts to get distracted. <laughs> she says, Oh, I've been having sex with Ward. <laughs> and he, he just, you know, moves on because the, the guy they're tracking actually comes out. But I, I just, I thought that was a really cool exchange between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a funny way to, uh, to get that out. You know, that's kind of like a, it's kind of a plot device that I, you know, we originally said they could have left it alone. You know, at the end of that one episode, they she left the door open. He went in. They could have left it alone. But then they started mentioning it here and there. And, you know, I, I'd love for this to be the end of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just something that, that's it. That's how she came out and said it. And it really doesn't have any bearing on the plot otherwise. I don't think. Unless they're doing a stupid love triangle, which I hope they're not going to do. I really hope they're not going to do that. And um, I have not seen the inklings of the Sky Ward relationship, which I did start to see a little bit. There were a few clues to, towards that earlier on in the season, but I haven't noticed yeah. any recently at all. The only hope that I have for that not taking place is I think they're making a point of Ward being her like field training officer. And so it's kind of like a, you know, officer and a subordinate kind of thing. And they seem to be going more that direction than than they are a romantic one. Like Sky, I don't see like a like a starstruck look in Sky's face when she's working with Ward. And I, th I think like with the, whole, the team as a whole, they're starting to to be written to have more mutual respect for each other. I mean, even May is willing to kind of go off book down into Mexico City to look into what's going on with Sky. And she, I thought that was a cool moment where she says she's proven herself. She's a part of this team. She did right. She did right by you. Um, you know, this is worth looking into. Right. And I happen, I have a kind of a theory and it's partly because it's a Whedon show. I believe that either Ward or May get killed first, and adding this, ex adding this relationship piece, just gives it more impact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it'll yeah. matter more to Ward if May dies because we know they were, had a relationship, and vice versa. Right? No, I I could totally buy into that. And I don't. Again, like I, I, I think I probably said this a thousand times about Michael Rooker when we were doing the Walking Dead uh, TV podcast when I was doing it. Uh, I don't see Ming Na staying with this show for the long haul. You know, I, yeah. I think she would go, would look to go on and do other things. So I think she could be the one that that goes first. Yeah, hard, hard to say with that. Um, the, the, the only counter evidence I would have to her not staying around is from a publicity standpoint I have never seen or heard her go as gung-ho about promoting this show and talking about it um, as much as I have for this now maybe it was because social media is at its height and it wasn't really big when either she it wasn't big at all when she was on ER um, but she's been on Eureka she's been on Stargate Universe she's been on a couple of these other genre shows and I, I just don't recall her being as gung-ho, which one may not have anything to do with the other. But um, but I, I, I totally get what you're saying, that one of one or the other of them going would would have a lot of impact. Coulson also, you know, when they took when they were in Mexico City, he, he's you could tell he's starting to come around and not wanting to go completely by the book anymore. Um, you know, he, he basically says, look, I feel like I'm, I've been lied to, I'm tired of being lied to, you know, he, he wants to start getting the straight scoop on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's having, a, it's an interesting arc for the, for the character. You know, he's, he knows kind of now what happened to him. And there's even a point where I, I think either he mentioned it or, may mention tahiti and he started to just say it's yes a, and then <laughs> he either either she cut him off or he stopped himself like it's almost like he's slowly like breaking the programming yeah. you know yeah and and whether that is 
you know, whether going completely by the book, you know, is affected by that, or maybe he's just thinking differently now. And he's probably thinking differently about S.H.I.E.L.D. as a whole. You know, if they would do this to him, maybe they aren't always right. You know, maybe they aren't always uh, looking out for the best interest of everyone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so along with this with this kind of story, we get probably one of the biggest revelations. I think this is probably the biggest revelation of the show, period. Like, to me, this is bigger than the Coulson thing. But the team sits down uh, with the guy that they've, they've been tracking, and they find out that um, this is the partner of the agent that was killed and left Sky at the orphanage. And... The, apparently the the agent was a part of a shield team that they sent to Hunan China to retrieve and they said an object of unknown origin which was a, a 084 which we've seen items that that are called I mean there was a whole episode called 084 um so apparently the entire village and all the shield shield agents that were protecting this object this 084 were all killed um or all died trying to protect it obviously other than this agent these two agents um, and it turns out that that the thing they were trying to protect was a baby, and it was 24 years ago. And it turns out that it that, that you know Colson even says the 084 was Sky. Um, so pretty crazy that Sky was considered um, a, a 084. Yeah, and, and we don't know anything about 084. They're just unknown origin, right? Yeah, it's an object of unknown origin. Okay, all right. So, yeah, all right. So we don't definitely know. She could just have powers. She could be an alien. She could, you know, there's a lot of ways it could uh, it could go. If 084 is a broad term. Yes, absolutely. Um, I know we've even, uh, like, uh, Ken Morgan, who's obviously been on the show before, I think even speculated today that maybe... Um, well, I'll get to I'll get to that in the in the spoiler section. I won't I won't uh, ruin that now. But um, yeah, it just makes you wonder like what her deal is. Obviously, I don't think she's some sort of LMD or or anything like that because obviously she ages. Uh, so I don't I don't think it's that. I don't think she's some kind of robot or something. Obviously, but uh, yeah. But it, it's interesting to see if you know what that turns. I think that's that's the bigger to me. I don't know how you feel, but that's the biggest mystery going right now. Yeah, I guess. Um, I haven't come around all the way on Sky yet, so I don't care probably as much as I should. I'm still more interested in the Coulson end of things, and I know that's something else Ken mentioned, that he really doesn't care about Coulson anymore. He's focusing on what the deal is with Sky, uh, and that's good. I mean, that people are coming around on Sky. I don't think I'm there quite yet, and now this is just making me think that Sky is some kind of corny term like she fell out of the sky so that's what they named her <laughs> so i'm going with like alien which means probably as guardian or probably something to that effect possible i, th I think it has interesting um prospects re regardless of what it is i mean she has yeah a, she has no a... it's i'm sorry it's definitely more interesting than hacker chick trying to find her parents. Yes. So I'm off. I didn't mean to uh, poo-poo it. I, oh, I no. the twist is the twist is good. I still don't love the character, but it puts it in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I I think I'm a little more in Ken's camp. Not completely. I I don't not care about the Coulson thing because I think there's still some interesting things that, that will be revealed about that. I mean, like I said before, we, we still don't know how he was actually revived and how long he was dead and you know, what the, what the circumstances around that are. Um, but sky is definitely coming around for me. I mean, I, I mentioned it last week. I think this week continued. She, she, she is definitely not anywhere near as irritating as she was, you know, pilot episode through, you know, episode three or four. Uh, I th I think I don't know if it's just their their the writing is getting down they're all getting more comfortable with the character or whatever the case may be but she's definitely taken a turn for me for the better. Yeah, and a lot of this happens to a lot of really 
good shows. You know, if you if you're watching a show in season four or season five, and and you know maybe you catch a rerun on a marathon of an early first season episode, you'd be like, wow, they really made her act X, Y, and Z, and now it's not anything like that. You know, if shows have a chance to breathe and work things out, you know, changes do happen. Go back and watch early Buffy and watch David Boreanaz's performance as Angel. Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward that and into his own show in the later parts of that, or even, uh, you know, watch him on Bones. I mean, it it's like two different people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so the, 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 definitely there there's the ability for that to happen. Um. So we get again the, the we we I can't I think we kind of glossed over it in the beginning, but you know the kind of the the deal with the episode is, um, the kids are messing around in the pool. The pool starts to freeze over. One of the kids almost gets his leg taken off, uh, you know, because it's it's frozen to the ground, uh, and they find a device that basically causes everything around it to freeze. And because Fitz and Simmons had did some work on that. They're brought in to to the Shield Academy to in, to investigate. Um, and while Fitz and Simmons are giving their big speech, you know, talking about the origins of Shield and you know, basically use your powers for good, um, they had a really cool uh, segment. There was a quick nod that Fitz made to uh, that Fitz made to a professor that was like, "Oh, it's okay. it's not okay to sleep in your class." unless you're in Professor Vaughn's class. Uh, and so I, I was racking my brain. I was like, Professor Vaughn, Professor Vaughn. Uh, I couldn't figure it out. And I, I just started doing some digging. And the only thing close was a Wendell Vaughn, which in the comics, there's a character named Wendell Vaughn. He was known as Quasar. He started as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. He got a hold of these things called the Quantum Bands, which were used by the original Captain Marvel. I know I'm getting a little too uh, comic geeky on you. Um, and he was like a big part of the whole cosmic aspect to the Marvel universe. Uh, Wendell Vaughn was a very young character. Um, and I imagine if they're speaking about a professor that would be older. So I don't know if that was a nod or just a little throwaway thing or a complete coincidence. Um, but I don't know if that's something that might come into play down the road. Maybe there'll be, you know, that's the older Vaughn and there's a younger Vaughn that turns out to be Wendell Vaughn. Uh, but I'll be curious to see if, if, like I said, that was just a throwaway line. But it was something that uh, that definitely caught my attention when they mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, like I've said, it, you know, any Marvel is good for this show. So I hope, you know, I don't know if it's going to lead anywhere, but I'm all for little throwaway lines that we can look up and find, you know, Marvel characters that match up with them. That's all cool stuff to me. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, during the speech... Um, all of a sudden, craziness happens, and Donnie Gill, who was present at the the incident earlier at the pool, uh, starts to literally freeze solid, uh, and then everybody freaks out, and they find the device, and Fitz and Simmons kind of jump jump on the scene and are able to defrost him and get him out. And again, you know, as we'll find out, this is just kind of a ploy to uh, deflect attention away from him. And and I thought it was kind of a cool. You know, scene with Fitz and Donnie Gill in his dorm where, you know, Fitz is kind of, Fitz is, I guess, trying to take him under his wing, you know, just trying to say, look, I wasn't the cool kid either. I mean, you people think I'm a rock star now, but I was basically just like you. I didn't have a lot of friends, you know, until, you know, just him and Simmons, really. Um, you know, I was kind of young. I had all these great inventions. I was kind of a rising star kind of thing. Um, and and Fitz starts looking over his stuff and is in pretty much awe over what he's started to design. Right. And, and I guess at this point it's safe to uh, tell everyone that Donnie Gill is a Marvel villain. Yeah, Donnie Gill in the Marvel Universe is a villain named Blizzard. And he, like the name implies, and as we see at the end of the episode, has the ability to control... Uh, ice and you know freeze things kind of a kind of a mr freeze or uh you know one of those characters uh, uh equivalent in the marvel universe so things start to kind of fall into place fitz ends up helping him solve the power problem for a larger scale device we find out that donnie gill and the and the the guy that w was frozen in the beginning are really in cahoots 
Um, and so they're working with Ian Quinn, who is responsible for turning Franklin Hall into Graviton in episode three. Uh, so this is the second person he's responsible for turning into a supervillain. And we also find out here that he is definitely connected to the clairvoyant uh, and tied into Centipede. So again, things are all starting to kind of coalesce with these, you know, characters and these random, you know, what we thought maybe were just unconnected or, uh, you know, had allusions to whether they were connected. The pieces are all starting to fall into place as all these people are working for the same organization. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, Graviton they have under their supervision. I'm trying to think of the other supervillains that they've kind of introduced. Ghost sort of disappeared at the end. I don't remember exactly Yeah. Uh what happened with him. They weren't real clear. He he seemed to just be gone. Um, you know, Michael we know is alive. I wouldn't call him a supervillain. We don't know exactly where that's headed yet. Um, and now Blizzard is out there. I I kind of um, did you watch before it was canceled? Did you watch um, Alcatraz? Yes. They did a little thing on Alcatraz where every uh, returning these killers were returning from the past in in the TV show Alcatraz, uh, and this secret organization was sort of tracking them and and capturing them and then at the end of each show or not maybe not each show but they had this like secret underground prison where they were like collecting all of the killers from the past yes i almost thought this show was going to go in that direction somehow like shield was going to have going to have a a collection of these supervillains you know of course opening up the possibility for them all to escape which is also a Marvel Comics storyline, you know, the raft. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, you know, the, the place where they put all of the supervillains is on, like, this mobile prison. It's like an aircraft carrier size uh, prison that floats on water uh, so you can constantly move its location, you know, and keep it off the radar type thing. And then they somebody helps them all escape, and it causes, like, a whole giant chain of events. But uh, that was kind of a tangent because that's clearly not happening here. But that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, and, and it may happen because I think, didn't they send Graviton to the sandbox? Isn't that where he went? Yeah. And so Donnie Gill, they didn't say, I mean, at the end of the episode, they didn't say where they were sending him, but they said they were going to keep an eye on him. My guess is probably he's going there as well. Um, so it could be they're setting something up for a mass breakout. I mean, it it is a comic book-based uh, TV show, and... A prison break would seem like uh, a, a thing to happen, especially if, like you're saying, if more of these people come about and and they they follow this this trend. The other aspect to this that may come into play, and and one may have something to do with the other, is there's an organization in the Marvel universe called Zodiac, where each like villain gets associated with a sign of the Zodiac, and they're kind of like a super group um, right. of, of villains. So it could be if they collect enough of these people that, and they're kind of tied into the whole Hydra aim, you know, thing as well. Um, and then there are links to some of those characters to Fury. So, you know, who knows where they may go down the road with that. Right. As well. Um, but basically, once the, once the power thing is solved, it turns out that, the, the, that Donnie Gill and his counterpart were working together. Um, because S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of showed up and things got out of hand um, and didn't go the way that Ian Quinn originally planned, he doesn't plan on picking them up with their device and kind of taking them along, but he kind of he kind of leads them on to think that he will, um, which forces them to power up this device and causes this crazy storm to, uh, to take place. Uh, and then, once again, proving that every episode I have to say how awesome the plane is... <laughs> They yeah. do they do a cool maneuver where they navigate to the direct eye of the storm and then it goes vertical again and lowers itself uh so they could turn the machine off. And um unfortunately uh the the um D Donnie's uh friend Seth is his name, uh is is hurt and he ends up dying. Which I thought was I, I wasn't expecting that. I, I wasn't expecting them I, I I thought that was kind of a little dark 
Um, I, I'm not saying it, w- it it was a bad thing, but I just wasn't. I was expecting he was like knocked unconscious or something like that. Right, and you'd think that the reaction by Donnie would be the opposite. You know, if you kill yeah. your friend doing all this stuff, maybe you'd realize that it's time to stop. You know, where in his case, it sort of fuels his, I don't know, villain rage or whatever. Yeah, we kind of see, like, when they take him away and he's sitting in the back of that car and then puts his hand on the window and that's how we kind of get the, you know, he starts to freeze over the window. He looks very, uh, like, disassociated, like, almost, uh, like, not catatonic, but kind of removed from reality at that point. Like, there's something going on up there yeah. um, in a bad way. Like, I, I think they tried to make him come off in the early part of the episode as sympathetic and, you know, somebody you kind of feel sorry for. And and knowing that they took that turn, I think there's, there's you know, this kid is conniving and, and definitely has a different agenda going on. The only other thing that uh, maybe about Donnie that I'll mention is uh, I didn't really I didn't really love how he got his powers. It really wasn't clear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe I don't know um, what I don't know what they could have done um, to make it a little more of a smoother where you go. Oh, is that, so he's going to, you know, he got powers that way. He just sort of all of a sudden had the, you know, the freezing powers after the thing blew up or I, I mean, I guess that's the answer. I guess he was touching it or. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, there was a discharge that hit him directly or, you know, the, the thing, you know, like the, the device fired at him directly and it didn't freeze him over, you know, kind of thing like where it would be like, Oh, he's got some control. Yeah. I agree. It was, it was a little vague. Um, and I don't know if that was maybe done also to make the reveal at the end, a little more for non comic fans to make it a little more surprising. Right. Um, you know, because they have made a pretty big deal on this show of superpowers being explained by some scientific thing, right? I mean, you know, Centipede and the Aquila Amador and the thing with Ghost, they've they've gone out of their way to, to try and explain it. So for, for him to kind of actually truly have superpowers, um, I, I think I think was was kind of a big deal. One of a few. Yeah. Remember when they used to say that about Lost? Everything will have a scientific answer. Yeah. Yeah, except when God and the devil are in human form basically (laughs) fighting over us on the island and we're all in purgatory. Yes. Besides that, everything's (laughs) totally explainable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we got to see Lola in the air. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, for a short period of time. Yeah, But I think for the first time since the pilot. Yeah. Yeah, and the, I guess the stinger on this is the the call between Coulson and Quinn, where, like I mentioned earlier, we get, we get the reveal that that Quinn is clearly working with Centipede and the Clairvoyant, um, and you know he throws something out there about how he's you know able to to listen in and and knows what's going on. Uh, so that was kind of a cool exchange. No, nothing earth shattering in in that uh, stinger at at the end. No. But it was good enough. I, I guess that was that was a little bit of a of a twist on it is is getting the confirmation about Quinn. Yeah, and like we said, as we speculated early on, they can't have a you know great reveal for every stinger. Right. You know, some of them are going to be reveals. Some of them are going to be jokes. Some of them are going to be just little extra seconds to what could have. It could have happened during the show. It's just a little extra, you yeah. know, they tag it on after the last commercial, basically. Yeah, I think if they try and get too clever all the time, it'll A, get old, or B, just seem really silly and stupid. Right. So to mix it up, I, I think is smart. Because then when something really cool happens, you wouldn't, you, you're not necessarily expecting it, and, and it, it kind of has impact. Right. That's pretty much the episode proper. Should we rate? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'd probably go just under a four, maybe like a 3.85. I liked it. I, I There are a few episodes I liked more than it. I did like the um, 
I wasn't able to be on the recording, but I did like the uh, the big Coulson reveal episode more with the, um, you know the the uh, the robot sort of spider thing operating on his brain and stuff. I thought that was really cool. I probably liked that a bit more than this one, but uh, I'll go three eight five. I, I think solid, definitely. I will give it a four two five, which I think is is where I rated the last one. To me, the the last episode and this one are very, uh, very close with each other. I I think there was a lot of cool stuff that happened in here. I think amping up the stuff with Sky and making it really interesting, as opposed to, um, you know, just some whiny girl that that was an orphan. I I think, um, you know, kind of seeing the inner workings a little bit more and getting some backstory with shield was cool. Um, and some of those nods, I think seeing the birth of another supervillain was a cool touch. Uh, so I, I, I really like this episode and, and so far, and I said this at the bridge, I I think that episode was kind of going to be a turning point. And so far, I, I think that's holding true. It'll be, I'll be curious to see after the break, uh, how the next episode holds up. But, uh, but so far I'm, I'm, I'm good. I think it's definitely on an upward trend, which is, which is good. Yeah. And what, I, I, I know we've talked about it, taking another little hiatus. What, how long exactly is this one? So this will be a total, it'll be, it'll be on break for two weeks. So we won't have a new episode on the 21st or the 28th, but we will have a new episode on February the 4th. All right. Not terrible. No, not too bad, but. You know, again, I, I'm not a fan. And then I wonder if it's a straight uh, ten week run, right? Are there ten left? This is twelve. Is there twenty two? Yeah, so it'd be ten. So four. I don't think that would get us to like end of the season time. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. My guess is no, because a straight run of ten would take us to April eighth. And my guess is this will probably end sometime in May, at least through the end of April, early May, because I think there's another sweeps that come in to to play. So my guess is probably we'll get through February and into March. We'll probably have another hiatus of two to three weeks and then we'll get into April. Right. So I'm imagining before too long, we'll probably get some information on whether or not, or if, or how this is going to tie into Captain America: The Winter Soldier. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah. So I think what we'll do now is uh, we'll get into our mild spoiler section. Like we said, we have some casting news and and some other stuff that we want to talk about. Um, I know there are some people that don't really like to get into previews and what's coming next. They like to be completely surprised. Uh, so to you, we say thanks for listening. Uh, we'll skip all of the, uh, you guys have heard it before, so we'll just tell you to visit hhwlod.com for all our awesome and geeky shows. And I don't know the voicemail number off the top of my head, but if you want to skip the spoiler stuff and go to the very end, I'm sure Russ will tell you then. Yes. So now, for the very exciting and uh, mild, spoilery news, I will hand it over to Russell. So there's there's like three pieces of, of spoilery news, and I guess I'll go in order of surprise. So the least surprising spoiler is episode 13 is going to have a cameo by Stan Lee. And given that Stan Lee makes a cameo in every Marvel property, everything, whether it's um, you know, it's primarily been the movies. I mean, whether it's been the X-Men movies or the Spider-Man movies or the Fantastic Four, he's made a cameo in every one of the Marvel proper cinematic universe uh, movies. Um, so this kind of continues that trend. Um, th- the next episode looks like it takes place on a train. Uh, so he's one of the passengers on the train. So that, uh, that ought to be good for a, a good laugh, if nothing else. Do you have a favorite uh, Stan Lee cameo? Um, I really like the one in, um, the Incredible Hulk where he drinks the tainted soda. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that, that was kind of funny. Um, I like that he played Willie Lumpkin, the mailman in the Fantastic Four, because that was kind of a, 
that was kind of a like a double. He was like ca- a cameo. It was like a cameo and an Easter egg all in one. Right, right. Um, I thought that was cool. I liked um, when he was basically playing uh, Hugh Hefner. Yes, I think it was Iron Man. I ran two. Okay. Yeah. I actually liked it in Amazing Spider-Man, the recent, the Andrew Garfield one, where he's the janitor. Yes. Yes. He sort of got his headphones on while there's like a giant battle going on behind him. Yes. And he can't hear anything. That was funny. Yes. Um, so that's cool. Me... I mean, I would like, I, I like that. I would like him to be in the Netflix stuff. And as long as he's alive and kicking, you know, keep showing up in the movies. It's almost like where's Waldo? Yeah, I'm. I would. I would be surprised if he doesn't show up in the Marvel, in the Marvel, in the Netflix stuff. That would that would surprise me. Um, so again, no, no surprise there at all. Hey, one. Qu- I got a quick trivia related thing for you. Was he in the Punisher movies? Oh, uh, you know, n- I don't think so. I don't remember. I don't remember him in any of them. I wouldn't expect him to be in the Dolph Lundgren one, but I would expect him. He by the time the Thomas Jane and the uh, Ray Stevenson ones came out, he was doing those cameos. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't recall him being in those or Blade. Maybe he stayed away from the R-rated ones. Interesting. Which, which seems kind of silly, but um, yeah, because he I I don't remember him in those. I don't remember Ghost him. Rider. Uh, ooh. I want to say he wasn't. He did do a cameo in Ghost Rider. Hmm. I don't. I don't recall what it was, but I'm. I'm almost positive he did. If anyone knows the answer to these questions, jump on the Facebook group and let us know. Shield TV, I think, is the uh, Shield TV podcast. Yes. On the end, Facebook slash uh, whatever. You'll find it. Go ahead, Russ. Um. Yeah. <laughs> So the next uh, cameo in, I, I guess, to me, I think it's a big thing uh, for for a, a variety of reasons. But I, I don't think this is like had people going, what? Um, like the third third spoiler did. I think that one has more bang for the buck. But the second one is um, Bill Paxton, 80s uh, uh, action movie aficionado. Um, Bill Paxton, familiar to most of the Jim Cameron films. Um, is going to do at least a four-episode arc in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Agent John Garrett. Um, so he's going to play... He's Apparently he's going to work with Agent May and Agent Ward. Um, and so he's kind of like the older, grizzled agent, that somebody that's worked with Coulson. You know, him and Coulson have, have a history, apparently. Um, and so he's coming onto the scene. And the interesting thing about John Garrett, and this is more of the spoiler possibility, uh, John Garrett in the comic books is a cyborg. Yes. So we, I know, Russ and I are hoping that this John Garrett is a cyborg (laughs) or becomes one in this four-episode arc. Uh, But that makes things a little more more interesting. And, And one thing I'm looking out for and and I don't expect this to happen because it's probably not a big deal to anybody but like us. Uh, Bill Paxton has been killed by a Terminator, uh, an alien, yes, and a Predator, yes. Uh, so I would like to see him get killed by a superhero, or you know, <laughs> I guess I guess in the context of this TV show, I'd like to see him get killed by Agent Fury. <laughs> that would probably be the best for me. Again, not expecting it. I'm sure it's not the first thing on their mind. Oh, we have Bill Paxton. We have to get him killed by somebody really famous. But uh, the possibility is cool nonetheless. Yeah, I I think he'll add a cool dimension to this as well. Uh, not that May isn't a kick-ass character, but I think it'll be an interesting dynamic too because Ward is kind of the alpha male of the group. I mean. Coulson has a lot of experience, but he's not the heavy. So I think Ward is kind of seen as the heavy. So for this guy to come in as the older, experienced agent who apparently, um, you know, has kind of worked his way up, but 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 yeah. not but but stayed on the ground. Uh, so not I a thi- fan of protocol. Right, right. 
Right. So I think it, I think he'll it'll be interesting to see what they do with him and Ward. I think that's where that relationship could get interesting. Um, you know, because Ward is I won't say completely by the book, but he's very much I'm a lone wolf. I do things my way. You know, this is this is how things go. And to get Garrett's perspective on that, depending on what they do with him, I think could be really interesting because they 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 are similar. Maybe, you know, Ward gets a peek at his own future kind of thing. So. There are a lot of possibilities with with him coming on to the show. Right. And I just love Bill Paxton. I mean, I always have. I mean, forever. So, um, you know, one, one of my favorite Bill Paxton roles is True Lies, where he plays the Weasley car salesman guy. Um, yeah. I, I don't think we'll see that version of uh, Bill Paxton in this, but, um, but, but yeah, think, so that that's good stuff. I think I like him as the older brother in Weird Science. Chet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very early Bill Paxton. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's been around forever. He's been on been on tons of stuff. So that was I thought that that was that was to me unexpected. Um, I I did not expect them to 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 pull that out of their hat, but I'm glad they did. I mean, it's just cool. It's like yeah. Jerry Ryan on a sci-fi show. You know, yeah. it's just like certain people. You know, having certain people pop up is is just just cool. Yeah, and he's kind of gone away from the sci-fi thing for for a, for a bit. You know, he did Big Love, that show on HBO about the polygamists that live in Utah or whatever, which is kind of a little bizarre. Um. So he he hasn't been like front and center in the genre environment for a while. Um, so the third spoiler, and and this was a big one. This one kind of blindsided me when I saw it, and I was I, I, it surprised me, but yet didn't surprise me. Um, and that is Jamie Alexander Sif, uh, will be making an appearance on episode fifteen. So coming up shortly after the break. Uh, so something happens where she is sent from Asgard to Midgard on some sort of mission. So that's, that'll be interesting. Uh, I know that Ken Morgan, a previous host of the show, what I alluded to earlier, one of the things he speculated was maybe Lady Sif um, was involved in Midgard 24 years ago and had to leave unexpectedly and left a, something behind? Yeah. Interesting idea, definitely. Um I'm actually surprised. I expected a little more direct crossover. Very cool having Jamie Alexander. It was awesome having Kobe Smulders and the Nick Fury cameos. I actually expected a little more. But then when I try to think of who could realistically show up, you know, Kat Dennings is like the only name I can come up with. Uh, Everybody else is kind of like too big a deal, I guess, to shoot a quick cameo um, for the television show. But this should be... Really cool. And if anybody wants to hear um, Brad Milo, our other yes. host, who has not uh, been able to be with us very often, um, and that's partly my fault this week, I should say. Brad was going to be able to be on this week's episode, and then I had to change the uh, recording schedule. But anyway, if you go to hhwlod.com and check out the podcast, uh, Half Hour Wasted, episode 354. Brad tells a very uh, interesting and funny story about running into Miss Alexander at the gym uh, yes. in Texas. So it's kind of like a, a nice and, and funny story. And if you're into, uh, you know, Jamie Alexander or you're a fan of hers, you should check it out. She sounded like she was very nice and polite and uh, good sport. Took some selfies with Brad, <laughs> which... Uh, I don't know if they're in the show article. I'm sure you can find them on Facebook and, and his Twitter and stuff like that. But uh, so a nice companion episode to this announcement. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure Brad, next time he's on, will probably give some sort of recap, um, possibly when this episode airs in, uh, I guess, five weeks. So, yeah, so I'm I'm excited for that. I think I don't think she's going to be relegated to cameo. I think it's going to be I think she's going to have a bigger role in the episode than Kobe or. Um, Sam Jackson did in their episodes, but I have nothing to base that on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's all we can do is speculate. Yeah, yeah. So all in all, you know, three pretty cool bits of news. I mean, I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to all three of these. I I wish uh, 
you know, like you said, we know Bill Paxton's only going to be around for four shows, and we know it's, it's going to be a cameo for Stan Lee. We're not sure what we're getting out of Jamie Alexander, but it's all good. It's all uh, welcome additions. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things, I'll mention this real quick because I know we're getting a little long, uh, that I, I meant to bring up when, when I had Ken on last week, um, and we kind of alluded to it, but I didn't. I didn't expand my thought. Um, as they as they film these movies, you know, one of the things that that Jeff Loeb was saying is, oh, they have a budget, they have a time constraint, you know, all this other kind of stuff. When you're filming Captain America: The Winter Soldier, you're filming Avengers: Age of Ultron. I'm guessing it's probably not that expensive to, especially if you're if you're filming in and around the same location to write something and have these characters, even if it's just a really silly cameo or something short, that they couldn't kind of pull things together and just film something while you're in the middle of filming something bigger to kind of offset cost or budget or or whatever, especially if, it, if it's just a character piece and there's not any effects involved. So I'm curious as time goes on if we're going to see any of that. Yeah, you know, the uh, the cynical part of me says that it's probably some kind of like union problem. Oh, well, maybe. I, like, I didn't think about you that. You know, to get paid for doing two jobs that you're really only supposed to be doing one. As small as the part or the lines may be, you know, it just seems like something where the Screen Actors Guild or whatever would be like, wait a minute, you're going to do what extra for free while you're shooting this movie? Yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah, you're you're probably absolutely right. Or I wonder if somebody like Chris Evans is like, okay, I signed a nine picture deal. If I'm going to appear in two episodes of Agent of Shield, then I've only got you know X more to fit my you know fill my commitment or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's all a money thing. Yeah, probably so. Unfortunately, but yeah, you're yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that, but you're probably right. So I guess that's it for seeds, unless uh, you have anything else, Russell. No, I'm 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 good. I'm talked out. And uh this is the part of the show where we say that we'll probably check in before the next episode airs and you know it's a lie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I mean since it's only 2 weeks, I doubt um that we'll have anything. I mean, unless some really major news comes up or you know maybe Brad has some availability and really has something he wants to get off his chest um to to make some time on the schedule, but I think these short breaks like that, it's it's there's probably not enough really to fill us an episode. Right. So would you happen to have that voicemail number in case anybody would like to contact us in the meantime? I do. Um feel free to leave a voicemail at nine seven two seven nine eight thirty eight thirty. I think there's one voicemail we have hanging out there that uh I promise we will get to, but we'd love to to get some more voicemails, um, be able to make it a, a segment on the show on a future show, that would be fantastic. Um, or you can email us at shieldpodcast at hhwlod.com or hit up the Facebook group. Um, just search uh, Shield Podcast on Facebook and you will absolutely find it. Um, but yeah, we'd love some more engagement. We'd love to, to hear more from folks. So Victor from Facebook, I know he was really excited about uh, the Lady Sif announcement. He sent us a little message there, so that was that was cool. So yeah, feel free to engage us um often and in a variety of ways, either through Facebook, the email, or the voicemail. That would be fantastic. Yes. So I guess we'll talk to everybody in about two weeks. Take care. Sounds good. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. 